0: Friendship isn't the big things, it's a million little things. Welcome friends to the A Million Little TV Shows podcast. I'm your host, Mike, and I'll be delving into TV shows that I feel don't seem to get enough full love. Over the course of the pod, we'll break down episodes and talk about my thoughts and feelings on the shows. A Million Little Things stars David Cintoli as Eddie Seville, Romney Malco as Rome Howard, Alison Miller as Maggie Bloom, Christina Moses as Regina Howard, Grace Park as Catherine Kim, James Roday Rodriguez as Gary Mendez, Stephanie Sostak as Delilah Dixon, Tristan Bayon as Theo Seville, Lizzie Green as Sophie Dixon, and Chance Hurstfield as Danny Dixon. Hello there. Welcome back to A Million Little TV Shows podcast. This is now season three, and this is going to be episode one today. And in England right now, it is absolutely the end of days so if there's any feedback from the wind outside I apologise but we've just got to deal with it. But as I say it's season 3 and it's the start of a new season so we are going back to A Million Little Things season 3. We're going to be looking into Inside Number 9 season 3 we are concluding Dead Pixels season 2 which is unfortunate but it's a good little season so hopefully you'll enjoy it as much as I did we're going to be looking into Hannibal season 1 Which is exciting because I haven't watched Hannibal since it was on TV and I thought it was such a great series. I'm always holding out for that fourth series and every now and again I will just check on rumours of whether it's coming back so can't wait to get into it. I always thought I had a great ending for it, which sort of led into the film, but we'll get there. And then I'm going to cover the second season of Modern Love, which is also the final season of that as well. But again, I do keep checking on whether that's going to come back, because I've seen a few bits about that it is going to come back, but you can never guarantee these things. I suppose the good thing about it is it can be different actors, so it's just getting the stories together. But there are plenty of international versions of it, so I don't know, maybe I'll cover some of those at some point. As for me, I'm doing pretty well. Podcasts going well and as I always say the numbers are going up but in the past week or so I've nearly broken my ankle so there's always a good side and a downside but other than that I'm pretty good. So I'm going to quit waffling. Today we're going to be dealing with a million little things, season three and we're going to be dealing with episodes one to four. So as always let's get into it. So Getting straight back into it from the last season, we're going to do a little recap. Let's go over the base characters. We've got Rome and Gina, who have unfortunately just lost out on being able to adopt a child because the woman who was the surrogate for them changed her mind at the last minute and ended up taking the baby for herself. She was the rightful mother, so that's okay, but Gina and Rome are broken by this. We've got Gary and Maggie, who have being on and off again Maggie decided that she wanted to find out who she was without Gary, just as Gary had revealed that he was willing to get engaged to her when she was having her cancer treatments. So they've gone their separate ways and Gary is now seeing Darcy, one of Catherine's friends, whose son goes to school with Theo. But Maggie has taken a job at Oxford in the UK, so at the end of last season she was just ready to fly out there. Eddie and Catherine have been up and down throughout the last two seasons. They finally look like they're both going in the same direction. When Eddie finds out that he may have been the cause of a girl called Alex's death. And that's why he started drinking so heavily back in the day. And that was what caught up with him and was a big factor in his alcoholism. So he went back to his hometown to investigate that. And right at the end of last season we find out that he's been struck by a car while on the phone to Catherine. And then we've got Dee who was seeing Miles the EMT, towards the end of last season, which is the first relationship since everything happened with her and Eddie, and obviously John dying. But that was all fresh at the end of last season. We've then got Sophie and Danny, who are becoming more and more prevalent of the story, as well as Theo, obviously. We know that Sophie has seen Jake, who is on the staff at the restaurant that Gina and Dee own. And we also know that Danny has recently come out as being gay so is dealing with the struggles that come with that and just trying to be himself so I think that's enough for Renan previously so let's get into the actual episodes now. Episode 1, Hit and Run. So this season picks up directly from the previous season. We've just had the accident and Eddie is getting seen too. All we can hear is Catherine screaming down the phone while people gather around him. It's then that someone picks up his phone and explains what's happened. We then see a red truck screaming through the streets in what we can only assume is running from the scene of the accident. And there's a male voice while he phones the police to get them to come to the scene. So obviously with everything that's gone on, Catherine has to start ringing round and rallying the troops as always this group is nothing if not tightly knit they are so involved in everything that they need to know what's going on so first she calls Gary and tells him what's gone on and he says that he'll meet them at the hospital and next we see that Rome comes into the room where Gina is sat in the dark pissed off at him and she tells him that she's not ready to talk right now Because of the whole baby thing. But he tells her that it's nothing to do with that right now. They need to get to the hospital because Eddie's been in an accident. So everyone heads off to the hospital except the kids. The kids end up staying at Dee's house and they take Theo over there to entertain him just while they find out what's going on and how serious this all is. But nobody knew what was going on with Eddie at the time. So Catherine has to tell everyone what the hell he was doing up there and why he was investigating this death and who the hell this girl was, etc, etc. They ask where Eddie's sister is, and Catherine tells them that and Catherine tells them that she had to tell her to leave because she's lied to Catherine for so long, knowing that she was worried about where Eddie was and what was going on. When they get to the hospital they find out that Eddie has been rushed into surgery because he has internal bleeding and they have no and they have no other information on him at that particular point. It's at this point that Gary realizes that no one will have told Maggie because she's not there. She's on the flight to London and she'll have to know about it by the time she gets there. So Gary thinks that maybe he should tell her but as he's speaking to Rome he realises that maybe it's not a good idea because of the way that they left things so he asks Rome to do it but then he tells himself that he knows that if Rome does it then Maggie's gonna know that he would have done it but he didn't because he's overthinking things. So he tells Rome that maybe they should get all in a group chat about it but eventually just backs down and thinks that he should call and just tell her which he does but her phone's off so he leaves a message. While they're at the hospital due to an issue with Rome and Gina Catherine tells everyone just to go because at the minute they don't know anything they can't do anything and it just makes no sense for everyone to be here they've all got lives to lead and they need to get out of here just to do something different. So they leave apart from obviously Gary. It looks like everyone's going to leave but Gary actually just walks out and walks back in and sits with her and then just says to her, this isn't for you, this is something else. But while she's at the hospital, Catherine decides to check on what Eddie had said when he was at the bar that night. So she asks if a toxicology report can be done on him as well and when she looks at Gary as if... He's going to judge. Gary says I'd do exactly the same thing. So I don't blame you one bit. Which, in fairness, you know, I probably would too. If my partner had that sort of problem and they reported that they'd been in a bar and you know what they were going through, I probably would too. It's not a nice thing to have to do, but uh, God, I get it. It's it's a rough, rough going. Theo, like I've said, is at D's and, and while he's been sat just playing on an iPad, he's actually realised that it's his mom's and he's been getting messages all night which are obviously going to his mom's phone but also they're coming through on the ipad because they're connected devices. So he's just been getting streams of messages from people hoping that Eddie is doing okay and do they have any information about what's going on. So instantly when Dee comes back from the hospital, he asks straight away, is my dad going to be okay? And Dee has to call and explain what's going on and tell Catherine that she's going to have to come to the hospital with Theo because he's inconsolable. While this is happening, Eddie goes in. While this is happening, Gary is sat at Eddie's bedside, and he's just talking to him and telling him that you can't do this, dude. You can't leave us. We've lost John. We nearly lost Rome. Like Maggie's gone. We need you. We need you, man. We need you to pull through on this. And during this, he's got hold of his hand, and Eddie squeezes his hand and begins to move. So Catherine grabs his other hand, and he squeezes her hand too, and it's looking like things are on the up and up. So now that they know that he's going to be okay, they've got nurses that have come in and had a look at him, and They've got a good feeling about everything's going to be okay, he looks banged up, but hey, we can deal with that right now. Then Theo turns up, and when Theo goes to get on the bed, Eddie's laughing and joking with him about, yeah, just come on up here, son. And it's at this point that Catherine realises that Eddie can't feel his legs, and he's paralysed from the waist down, so she doesn't know what to do. We cut to one month later, and... Here it is. We see reporters on the television about a pandemic that is sweeping the nation. And it's in the first months. Of, I'd say probably March at this point, and the coronavirus is on its way. Now, for me, this was quite a big risk bringing this storyline in, but the thing about, like the newsroom, it's not afraid to deal with the issues of the day. So it's a good storyline to bring it into the real world. We all live through COVID, so we know what it entailed. So when you see it happen in a TV show, it brings it home to you a little bit. Now, another thing that I found out recently is I've been listening to um, an old podcast called and that's why we drink and it's been great i've loved it but i'm catching up when it got to the end of 2019 and em and christine are talking about all their new plans for 2020 and i'm thinking yeah that's not happening no no that's happening and it's it's rough to see it but it was quite funny how i was watching this particular season and it coincided with that podcast as well so just a little tidbit for you there but anyway covid's coming and eddie is going home. When they get to the house, they find out that Darcy has made ramps for Eddie both in the front yard and the backyard, so the house is now wheelchair accessible. And the other little surprise that is there. When he gets back is the fact that Catherine still wants to renew their wedding vows. There and then she says he's put it off for too long and just because he got hit by a car doesn't mean he can get out of it. So they do it in front of their friends. Obviously Maggie is just dialed in from the UK and she's watching from there but everyone attends and enjoys it not knowing on what the hell was about to happen in that season. Like I say COVID was coming they don't like to shy away from issues as you'll find out so all the things are coming that happened in america in that year however during all of this watching on from the shadows is a red pickup truck with alex's father inside and he watches from the other side of the street before driving away now this episode was quite a heavy eddy episode but there was some other developments Obviously Maggie's gone to London, so she arrives and she meets her new housemate, who she finds out is in a real state. She's crying and she's cursing at her boyfriend and she doesn't know what to do. So Maggie basically just gives her some advice, as she would. She's a therapist, she offers advice all the time, and she tells her that she deserves better. And that she should leave him if that is how she is feeling. If he's made her to feel this way, she should leave. It's at this point she gets her bag and walks out and says, yeah, you're right, and leaves. And Maggie realises that the boyfriend, Jamie, is actually her new housemate. So Maggie's got off to a great start. So now Jamie is obviously hostile towards Maggie. Obviously this American coming over and ruining his relationship, giving his girlfriend advice to be away from him. And he tells her that the reason that they were splitting up is because he has a connection to his ex-girlfriend but it's nothing more than that. They're not an item, they're just friends and Maggie obviously offers her thoughts on that because she's the same. She has Gary in her life so she can offer an opinion on that but while they're bonding over this Maggie is trying to get her phone to connect so eventually she asks Jamie and he manages to help her out get her connected to a tower and instantly as soon as she gets the phone up and running she gets all her messages come through about what's been going on with eddie and the accident so not a great start she's in a different country she's insulted the person she's living with and now one of her good friends is laid up in the hospital after having a car accident so maggie calls through to d and asks what the hell she should do whether she should come home or stay in england she doesn't know, but she thinks it will be best because of everything that's gone on with the housemate that maybe she made a wrong decision and she should come home. But details are firstly, she's proud that Maggie considers it coming home to them because that's not her home, but it is now. So she's happy for that, but she says, You need this time for you. You and Gary were a big thing, and you've just got over your cancer, and you need to do this for you. It's something that you never thought you'd have, and now it's there. In your face, you've got to do this. So Maggie decides to stay. But one month on, when Darcy overhears Rome talking to Maggie on the phone, she finds out that Gary went to the airport to see her just before she left, but she doesn't know why. So, like I said, something happened with Rome and Gina at the hospital, which made Catherine tell them all to go home. And what happened was a social worker that was sorting out the adoption previously rings Rome and Gina and tells her that she knows that everything that went on with Eve and she's sorry about that, but there is another woman who is in labour like right now and hasn't found anyone to adopt their child yet and she feels like this is definitely going to be the one, so maybe they should talk about this. Rome is all guns blazing. He's ready to go. He wants to just get the baby and doesn't even want to think about it. There's a little baby out there that needs their help and they can help. But Gina questions whether it's the right time for them to do this because they literally were holding their son before and now they have nothing and it's not fair. It's not fair to even think about bringing another baby in because they were on the journey. They met Eve quite late on in the pregnancy, but they were on the journey with her over those last few months. They bonded with her and the baby and that baby was theirs, and now it's gone, and they don't think that another baby will just replace that. So Gina tells him that it's unfair for everyone to do this straight away. She doesn't even know if she wants a baby. She didn't want one before. It was only because she met Eve, and because the whole situation that happened, that she actually wanted this, and then it got ripped away from her. She's not sure if she can go through it again. So she decides that it's not the time for them to be having a baby. Episode 2, writing's on the wall. So let's start with Rome and Gina on this. They're obviously going through a real rough patch right now, with everything that's been going on, with them not getting the baby, to not going for the second baby, to not getting kids at all. It's been a real rough time for them. Obviously Gina's got the restaurant, and Rome has his film coming up. But they're separate projects. They support each other, but this would have been something that they'd done together. So, Rome is interviewing for Gina's part in this movie, and the person that they've cast is Shanice Williams. Now, obviously, that's a made up name, but the way that she's cast in this show is sort of a real big deal. A bit like they've got like a Halle Berry or someone like that, someone really big, someone quite well known and because she's going to be playing Gina Rome thinks it's a good idea to have it at the restaurant so that Gina can meet Shanice as well plus any exposure that the restaurant can get from Shanice being there like they did with Isaac it's all good but throughout the meeting Shanice just keeps offering notes to Rome saying that she's going to rewrite certain bits and that she's already rewrote some stuff and obviously Rome didn't want to change his movie at all and that's why he ended up going with Isaac instead of a big company. They wanted him to change it to a football injury, but he had to keep it as his story. So now that Shanice is changing it, he's not happy. But he's got to keep his lead actress happy. When Shanice later meets Gina, she actually compliments both Rome and Gina on their relationship. Obviously, she's read it from just the page and sees it as this perfect relationship and how great they are together. And she doesn't know the depths. To what's going on right now Gina and Rome just sort of laugh it off but you know there's something bubbling under the surface and when Rome tries to speak to Gina about what's been going on Gina just shrugs it off she doesn't want to know she doesn't want to talk about it right now it's not the time and the reason for that is because Gina feels alone in the grief that she's suffering they lost their child the child that Eve had was their child in her eyes And they came out of that hospital without it. And she's gutted by the whole affair. She wished that she'd never got into it. And now she feels like that baby is gone. And she doesn't know what to do. But Rome was just ready to carry on and move right on to the next one. So she feels lost. But Rome tells her he's sorry about everything that's gone on. And that they need to start working together and healing together. Because he's hurting too. Eddie is now adapting to life in the wheelchair, but it's obviously going to be a struggle for him, as with anyone in that situation. But now that he's becoming a bit more adept to it, Catherine has decided that she's going to go back to work. She's been off for all this time, but now she is running her own business, so she has to be back at work. She has to be putting the hours in and putting the time in because Eddie's not been working either, and they've got bills to pay. They've got medical bills to pay. They need to start getting some income. But because of all this, because of her going back to work, she wants to know that Eddie's going to be okay. So she asks him if he'll consider having home help. Eddie's not interested. He doesn't want someone being there fussing over him. He can do it on his own. He's trying to be as independent as he Can, but Catherine thinks it's a bad idea just until he gets a bit better at what he's doing. There's no point in him struggling if someone can be there and they can have that help at home. It would set Catherine's mind at ease and obviously would help Eddie, but he's determined it's not happening. So Catherine and Theo go out for the day but Eddie realises that he's been left just sat in a normal armchair and his other chair is the other side of the room so he can't get about so now he's in real trouble because he's gonna be on his own all day and what does he do does he try and crawl to the chair or does he just stay where he is and try and wait it out later Theo comes back from school with Gary due to the fact that Gary volunteered to look after him Um, was able to pick him up while Eddie's in the situation that he's in but when they come back Gary realizes what's happened with Eddie Eddie's had an accident because he's been sat in the chair all day and he needed to go to the bathroom but couldn't get to the chair and didn't want to try for getting to the chair and then not be able to get into the chair or cause himself further injury or just end up laid in a pool of his own piss. So he decided to sit in the chair. Theo's already ran off upstairs and Eddie doesn't want him to see what's happened. So Gary conveniently throws water on him to act like he's had an accident himself and to cover any of Eddie's blushes really but because of this Eddie is down on himself. He thinks that he's a failure now and that he can't do anything right and he's so self-pitying and Gary can't stand it. He's sick of hearing about all of this. It's been this way for the last few months. It's been this way for the last couple of months and he needs Eddie to just snap out of it. It's not doing him any good and it's certainly not doing his family any good. So Gary and Rome take Eddie to play basketball but obviously Eddie's not happy about this but they try and get him to be himself again. He needs to adjust to his situation and he needs to start thinking that he can do things that he's always been able to do. He just needs to adjust and they think that because basketball was always something that he was passionate about that he'll get back to that. So they manage to get him into it and after a bit he's actually playing well and he's and he's managing to get some baskets but when they get back Catherine is home and she has found the trousers that Eddie was wearing in the trash and realizes that she went back to work too early and she's not happy with herself she's kicking herself because it's not fair on him but it's also not fair on her she has to be back at work but it's not the right time she should have stayed home she should be there looking after Eddie and making sure that everything's okay but Eddie reassures her and tells her that it's not her fault but he is happy to allow them to get a care worker in just until she feels that he is in a better place and more things are accessible to him which obviously gives Gives Catherine some relief but that night there is a knock at the door and Theo runs to answer it but when he does he just sees a man that he's never seen at his door and he tries to talk to him but the man is very evasive. Catherine comes to the door and doesn't recognize the man either but he tells her to look after her family because she doesn't know when they're not going to be there and then walks away and of course that man is Alex's dad. Due to everything that's going on around them, Maggie calls Gary and tells him that he needs to make sure that he checks in on Rome, as well as he's looking after Eddie, because obviously Rome's going through a lot with the baby, but he also needs to make sure that he's managing his depression. But when they begin chatting about him and Darcy, Maggie sticks her foot in it by suggesting that she thinks that they're going a little too fast, and that she doesn't want the same thing to happen as what happened between him and her. So the reason that Rome and Gary took Eddie to play basketball was because of something that Darcy said. Now, Darcy's a therapist and deals with a lot of veterans, so knows the kind of injuries that Eddie is suffering from and helps train them and helps do therapy on them to either get them back walking or keep them fit and healthy or whatever she needs to do. But she's always helping people out. But she suggests to Gary that Eddie needs to adapt to his new life by doing things that he's done before, but getting used to the way that he is now. And that's why they ended up going to play basketball. But when it's suggested to her that maybe she could help out because... She's a trained therapist. She tells Gary that she doesn't have time. And to be fair, her and Eddie never got along really. And the other fact is that she was Catherine's only friend when everyone found out what happened between Eddie and Dee. So she knows everything that was going on in Catherine's head. And she feels like she doesn't like Eddie because of that. So with Maggie being in England, she is also trying to adapt to her way of life and while she's there she's spotted a trunk in the living room and Jamie hasn't said anything about it and neither has she. Jamie thinks it's hers and she thinks it's Jamie's but it turns out that it was actually the person that Maggie replaced on this fellowship so they make a decision they can either send it back but this guy hasn't asked for it back yet or they could open it so they decide that they're gonna open it and they begin to bond over this whole thing this whole little adventure just in their own house they're just going through this trunk trying to find out who he was what this person did why maybe they stayed home etc etc but while they're in there They find that there is some recording equipment and Maggie decides to record her adventure in the UK and what changes she's going through and what her life choices are going to be and things like that. And she starts a podcast. Another reason I just love Maggie. I forgot she started a podcast and then I saw this and I went, Oh, yeah, she does start a podcast. Gary however has took her words on board and he tells Darcy that he thinks they've been moving a little too fast and that he doesn't want to fuck things up like he's done before but Darcy reassures him that she doesn't want to fuck things up either so they can go as fast or as slow as they want. Sophie's been looking at colleges and she's trying to decide where to go. Obviously with John going to Harvard there's only one real choice for her at this particular point she knows harvard is the place that he would want her to go and being there would give her some sense of him being there so she decides that that's the place for her but when she gets there something just doesn't feel right and she decides that it's not going to be the place for her she's thinking more that maybe somewhere that does music and helps her creative side would be a better fit for her at this particular point but she's unsure of what she going to do just yet but while she's been out of the house and danny has also been at her friends Dee was meant to be having miles over for a date but the problem was it was going to be at the house and Dee felt that it was going to be inappropriate for her to have another man in that house she'd never had eddie there it was only her and john That house was theirs, so she decides that it's not a good idea. And while she's there, she's just reminiscing about her and John being together. And it's only when Sophie comes home that she realises that she didn't want to be alone, so Sophie comes and joins her. But because of how lonely she feels in that house without John anymore, Dee decides that after everything that's gone on, she needs to take a trip. And she is going to go with her dad, who has Alzheimer's, and take him back to France just to give him that one last enjoyable time that he may remember but of course like i said for the previous episode covid's come in episode 3 letting go So with Dee going away to France, it turns out that Gary's going to be looking after the kids while she's away. Now, obviously she's going to be taking Charlie with her, but Danny and Sophie are staying in the States. But due to all the responsibility that he's getting, plus the fact that he and Darcy have been getting on so well, and he thinks maybe it's time that he meets her son Liam in an official capacity as a boyfriend. But Darcy isn't too convinced at this particular point. Like Maggie said, maybe they're moving a little too fast, and she doesn't want her son exposed to someone that maybe she's not always going to be there with. So, for now, she's still a little apprehensive. Which is fair enough. Like I'm very much the kind of person who doesn't... I don't date anymore, because people that are my age all have kids or majority have kids and I don't want to be in that situation where I have to meet someone's child and maybe not ever be in their life after a certain amount of time so it must be harder it's obviously harder for a woman or any any person to introduce their child to someone as this is my boyfriend and this person is going to be in your life for however long and then it could end tomorrow. It for me it's just it's a difficult time. So I'm just trying to avoid all of that, which is very difficult when you're coming up on 40. Maggie however is being encouraged by Jamie to get out there more and actually do things in the UK, go and see things because she's got a whole new country to explore while she's there, and she has barely stepped out of her house. And this is where they coin the phrase London Maggie, because she starts doing things that are a little bit out of her comfort zone, and you start to see a new side of Maggie, especially with the pop, where she can actually talk about her adventures, and share them with people, and share these new experiences. But by the end of the episode, because of everything that Darcy has seen, Gary has done for not just Maggie, but also Dee and eddie and roman gina everyone he's just such a good guy and he's trained so hard she decides that it's a good fit and that she would like him to meet liam Because everything that she feels for him is right and she knows that he's not just going to be like a fly by night. She knows that he's going to be a good guy and he's going to take care of everyone including Liam. So thinks that it would be a good idea for them to meet. Maggie however due to the fact that her and Jamie have been bonding so well even though she ruined his relationship have really started to get along well and they end up getting on so well that after Maggie comes back from a trapeze lesson where she ends up covered in her own vomit, but because Maggie's now trying this new adventurous side to her, she thinks maybe it would be time to get her kicks another way and invites Jamie into her bedroom. Now, due to the fact that Gary's going to be looking after the kids, everyone asks how come it's Gary that's doing it and not Gina or Rome. But when Gary and Dee talk about it, They think that maybe Gina is a little delicate is the word that they use and Gary uses it in a text message to Dee but actually ends up sending it to the wrong person and sends it to Gina instead. So while Gina is on a call with Maggie just talking about what's been going on with her and Rome and Eve she gets this text message from Gary and can't believe what she's reading. Rome, however, has his own problems. Shanice is now tweaking the script so much that he's worried it's going to stop resembling the script that he wrote, even though she's praised him on it and said that it's amazing and that it's such a great script and tells such a great story. But she keeps changing it, and it's exactly what Rome didn't want, as I've said before, so it's really frustrating for him. So Rome goes to see his therapist the one that Maggie suggested that he goes and sees and while he's there he's talking about Gina and Eve and he's talking about his movie getting made he starts talking about the fact that he's angry he's angry a lot of the time and at that particular point in time and even now for a black man to be angry in America it's such a tough time for them that you can't be an angry black man in America, because bad things happen when you are, and that's, that's a horrible way to have to live your life. Like, I'm, I'm a 40-year-old white guy, like, I never understand it, but I see it, and I see actors like Romy Malco showing how hard it can be for someone in, in America to be black, and it hurts, it hurts my heart watching people who have to struggle to keep their emotions down because they might be seen as the bad guy when they're not. They're just expressing the same emotions that we all have with the system. It's such a horrible way to have to live your life and I feel sorry for anyone that has to. And the fact that you feel like your life is at Threatened by the fact that you might get angry at something. Again, as a white guy, if I went to America and got angry, I'm sure people wouldn't bat an eyelid. That's horrible. That if a black man kicked off at the same point for exactly the same reason, that black guy would be the one who got picked out. It's just not fair. It's really not. But because of all this, he feels like he has to hide it from not only the world at large, but his own wife. He can't show that he's angry to his own wife because he can't show that he's angry to anyone and he feels like he's bottling it up the whole time but his therapist tells him it's okay to be angry and he shouldn't be hiding that from his own wife she needs to see that she needs to see that he is functioning as a normal human being would because that's what he is everyone gets angry everyone gets passionate about things and it's it's not fair for him to be bottling stuff up and he tells him that if he doesn't if he doesn't show that, that's where the depression comes from. It's going to eat him up and it's going to make him depressed. And he's just going to go in a circle of this depression that he was in before. Where he takes the pills to get out of it. He gets angry. He gets depressed again and then he has to go back on the meds. And he just tells him it's it's not good. That's where the depression comes from. And that's where the suicidal tendencies come from. So he needs to talk about it. He needs to talk to his wife. So after the text message that Gina got, she goes and speaks to Dee and she tells her that she's sorry for avoiding her for the last couple of weeks and that it wasn't fair on her to do so because it's not her fault and it's certainly not Charlie's fault with everything that happened. So she is sorry that she hasn't been around and that she felt that she had to go with Gary over her because Dee felt like she wasn't emotionally available to look after her children. But she also confesses the fact that She feels like she's losing what her and Rome were as... Shanice described her, the perfect couple. She feels like she's losing that and that she's worried about it. But because they finally got this all out in the open with others, Rome with his therapist and Gina with d they come together and they realise that they want the same thing. They want to get back to how they were and they can only deal with that by being together. So they decide that they need to talk more about what's going on with them as they used to because this whole silence thing isn't working. So while Catherine's been going through some of Eddie's things down in his den or his studio, she finds a bunch of articles about Alex's death and what happened and the speculation around it. And he seems to be obsessing over this a little bit. And she's starting to worry because obviously if he wasn't there, he wouldn't be in the wheelchair right now. So she's trying to figure a way to get this away from him and hopefully, maybe get some answers as well. So she takes it to her office, and her and Carter begin to look into it. And while they are looking, Catherine recognises one of the men in the photos, and realises that it was the man who was at her door only a few nights back. She sees that Alex's dad is that man, and he owns a red truck, which people knew sped away from the scene. When Eddie got ran down, so she's putting two and two together that this man was the one who caused the accident and then fled the scene. And not only that, she looks on her camera-activated doorbell and finds that this truck has been outside her house several times since Eddie got home. And before that, when he was in the hospital, it was there several times too. Darcy, however, is over at the house with Eddie and she is working through a therapy session with him and because of his changing attitude after the basketball game he's really determined to try and do better and when she talks to him about what drugs he's taking because obviously he's been given drugs by the hospital he tells her he's not taking anything other than paracetamol and codeine because he's an addict and he doesn't want anything harder because he'll get that feeling and then he just wants to be better for Catherine and Theo and Darcy's impressed with him and she tells him that she saw what Catherine went through but she can see now how much he's trying to change and how much better he's doing so she feels like she can forgive him for what happened before because Catherine has and she tells him that she thinks it's because of her past where people in her family had told her that they were going to change but never did and every time that a problem came up they turned back to the drink or to pills or whatever it was and nothing ever got resolved and she thought she could see that in Eddie as well but actually she now sees how much he's changed and how well he's doing so she says that she's proud of him after Darcy leaves however Alex's dad Reverend Stuart, comes to the door and Eddie thinks that he's there to kill him but actually he breaks down and tells him exactly what happened he tells him that he needs to set his mind at ease and give the full story the night that Alex died it was her sister Colleen that had given her drugs But Alex had a bad reaction to them, and ended up dying. So because of everything that was going on, they knew that Eddie was still down by the docks. They took her body down to the lake, and put her in there, thinking that people would think that she drowned when she'd been out there with Eddie, and that maybe... Any drugs that were found in her system would be traced back to him. But they didn't do any tests like that. They just knew it was drowning. So that was it. End of. They didn't have to test her for drugs. She just had an accident while she was out on the lake. And she drowned. And and since Eddie had been there to try and find out what had happened, all these years later, the Reverend thought that it was time for him to actually come clean. And that's why he was stalking Eddie. And the night that Eddie got ran over... Actually, what happened was he was trying to chase down the person that had ran Eddie over, but didn't manage to get, but didn't manage to catch anyone or get a license plate from anyone. But now everyone saw him speeding away from the scene, so thinks that it was him who did it. He apologizes for everything and leaves. And Catherine comes back after seeing that he was there on the doorbell camera and when she gets home Eddie tells her that he thought he was the one who was being punished because he lost the use of his legs and he'd done some bad stuff and 20 years on he still didn't know what had happened to Alex but actually it wasn't his fault. He thought he was being punished for this he, he could accept it if that's what it was for but now he has no excuse for him being in a wheelchair. He didn't have to be in town that night that he got ran over. He didn't have to be in that bar when he found out that Alex had died because he thought it was him. He shouldn't have been anywhere near there. He should have been at that point getting remarried to his wife. In fact, if it wasn't for that, it may have not caused any issues between them in the first place. He may have not been an alcoholic. So he feels hard done by. And it's then that as Catherine is out of the room, Eddie reaches into the medicine cabinet, takes down the pills prescribed by the doctor and takes one and then manages to put them back before Catherine comes back in. He also replaces them with aspirin. So it shows that even now he's just covering it up At school, Danny is being bullied for being gay. Not many people know about it, but the ones that do are being horrible to him. They're basically saying things like, the reason that your dad's dead is because you came out as gay or because they find him disgusting or whatever fucking stupid thing it is like love for you, love for all i care like love is love that's it but these guys think that he's disgusting and it's just wrong he's not he's amazing but they're telling him that because he's gay his dad wouldn't have approved and that's why he killed himself and it's not right it's a horrible thing to say to anybody but because of this danny feels like he can't tell his mum because if his mum finds out then she won't want to go she'll want to stay here and sort this out now so he speaks to gary about it because of course he does gary's the one that he trusts the most he's the one that knew Before Danny knew that he was gay. So he speaks to Gary about it. And Gary says that he's not going to tell anyone. It's up to Danny if he wants to tell anyone. But then Danny ends up having no option. Because... After following Gary's advice which was tell him that he feels like there's something more to do with the person who's bullying him than Danny himself. Danny gets beat up. But eventually the kid realises the error of his ways and he comes to see Danny and he he apologises to him. He says he shouldn't have done what he did and that he's angry at the minute as well because he knows how it feels to lose someone like that. He tells him that his sister died only a year ago as well and they bond over the fact that they've lost someone recently and it turns out that the guy's not such a bad kid he's just had a bad time of it episode four the talk so now that gary and darcy are staying at d's while d's in france darcy has started to have nightmares due to the fact that when she was in the forces she saw some horrific things and horrific things had happened to her but she refuses to speak to gary about anything that's gone on because she just doesn't want to face it right now It seems that Sophie has made a decision on whether she is going to college or not, and she's actually picked that she wants to go to the Massachusetts Music Institute, obviously in Massachusetts, but she actually needs permission from a guardian to allow her to go and meet with a guy who has good connections there and could potentially get her in, or at least put in a good word for her. So Gary allows it, and he gives her his blessing, but when she goes to a recital, Gary turns up as well, just to make sure that everything's legit and everything's okay but also to support Soph because she's really nervous about this whole thing. And of course, Sophie's a talented singer, so she does quite a good job. But as we've seen in previous episodes, when she's got a guitar, she has a lot of passion about it. But in this scene, she doesn't seem to. She seems a bit nervous and the nerves have obviously got the better of her. This guy, Peter Benoit, tells her that he thinks she's really good, but maybe she just sees music as a hobby and she's not passionate about it. But she tells him she wants to try again And she wants to show how passionate she is But Peter's seen enough And says maybe next year So Sophie obviously feels stupid by this She's upset and storms off goes over to Gary and Gary then is typical Gary he goes up on stage and tells this guy that she's a young girl and he needs to be a little bit more respectful this is all she wants she is passionate about music and she's great at what she does but you haven't given her a chance and maybe you need to think about how you address people from now on he also lets out the fact that she lost her dad last year to try and play on Peter's sympathies but when he goes back over to the Sophie's just pissed off at him and she storms off so now Gary feels like he's just constantly messing things up and he thought he had this parenting thing down as most do after looking after a child for about 10 minutes they think yep This parenting thing's easy, and I'm not a parent myself, but it's really not. It's fucking ridiculous. It's hardcore, and I salute any parents that are out there, especially single parents. Fucking hell. Miracle workers. But Gary speaks to Darcy about what happened with Sophie, and she tells him he's gonna fuck up sometimes. What he needs to do is he needs to keep showing up. Yeah, she's mad right now, but if he's there and shows that he's there like with anything they'll recognize the effort being put in and they'll appreciate it so because Sophie's not a fool she knows that Peter Benoit is going to have to come back out of the building that she just left so she starts busking outside and when she does Peter's wife points her out and basically says she's talented and Peter recognizes her obviously straight away he sees the passion that she's got and he sees how much love she has for this And he tells her that he's already picked the people that are going to go on his course this year. But maybe he could give her some private tutoring. And when she finds out that Gary wasn't far away either and saw the whole thing happen, she's thrilled and sees that, like Darcy said, he is there for her. Even if he does fuck up every now and again. Darcy, however, has been going through her own shit. At one point, Danny jumps out her after playing a game that he'd been playing with Gary earlier on that day, where they just jump out to scare each other. But of course, Darcy's got a past, and this past when it comes to being in the army has got her shot all over so she freaks out and yells at Danny and tells him that it's a stupid game and he shouldn't do things like that he shouldn't be jumping out at people and Danny just skulks away not knowing what the hell's gone on but Gary witnesses the whole thing and just takes her to one side and just asks if he can help her Anything that he can do, he's willing to do. He just doesn't want her to be suffering anymore. So he tries to get the story out of her of what happened. Why she's so jumpy? Why the nightmares, etc. But she clams up on him and doesn't want to give him the actual answer. So that night, Gary calls the only person that he knows can help. And he calls Maggie to see what her advice is. Maggie, however, earlier on in the episode, speaks to Gina and tells her about the night before with JB and how they slept together. Gina teases her a little and tells her that she needs to make sure that it doesn't go serious because they're living together and it could get awkward. But Maggie thinks that he understands all that, that it's not anything to do with a real relationship. It's just a bit of fun. He gets that and she gets that. So Gina's got nothing to worry about. But it turns out in the kitchen, there is a coffee and a Danish waiting on the counter when Maggie comes out of the bed room and she thinks that she's made a fuck up now because all of a sudden he's just buying her food and buying her coffee. Maggie eats the Danish and drinks the coffee before Jamie can come back and then just slinks away off to do her day and just get away from it all but during the day Jamie texts her again and asks her about food that night and what they're gonna have as if it's gonna be like a date so Maggie's freaking out all day and then she eventually comes home and they sit down together and and Jamie explains that he thought this was a casual thing that the Danish and the coffee wasn't for her, it was for him. The reason that he suggested they have a dinner tonight is because he wanted to discuss this. This isn't what he wants. He likes Maggie, but he doesn't want a relationship. He's just come out of a major relationship, and before that he was married, and it wasn't for him. Why would he carry on? He just wants to be casual, and that's all Maggie wants too. It seems that Eddie's addictions are now starting to get worse. He's been taking the pain meds and replacing them with aspirin so that it looks like the bottle's full when actually there's nothing really in there. Catherine however has been going through her iPad and she found some adult content on there which she initially blames on Eddie because since he came out of the hospital they haven't done anything. So she's worried about that but she thinks that maybe it's not such a bad thing that he's got his libido but he needs to make sure that he's not looking at things on the internet where Theo can see, but it turns out that it wasn't him at all. It was actually Theo. So it means that they're gonna have to have the talk with Theo about sex. They knew it was coming, but they didn't think it would be this soon. But as we've seen during the series, Theo is quite a smart kid, and he questions everything. So when they do talk about this, Theo actually asks the question whether his mom and dad are still sleeping together, which they haven't really properly discussed apart from earlier that day. So eventually they do manage to sit down and have the chat. And Eddie tells Catherine that he was worried the whole time that now he's in the wheelchair, she doesn't want him. But she tells him that that is so far from the actual truth. After everything that happened with Dee, he was all she wanted. She loves him and she only wants him. So he needs to stop worrying about this. They're going to be fine. So since Shanice has been cast in Rome's movie, playing Gina, Gina has allowed her to come into the restaurant to shadow her for the day, to kind of see how the restaurant runs, see what she does in there, and just kind of get a general vibe of what Gina is all about. Rome, however, is over at the casting director's, and when he walks in, he's greeted by someone who looks very suspiciously familiar, but just slightly off, and it's because he's meant to be John. Turns out the casting for that day was for John and the people in the room are near dead ringers for him. It's freaky. And because of this, it seems to freak Rome out a little bit. And he wonders if he's doing the right thing doing this movie. While Jean is at the restaurant and she's talking to Shanice, she tells her all about the struggles that Rome's had in recent years and how the story's actually based on his life. And she also mentions that he's got depression and he's also... Ended up with pills in his mouth and was willing to kill himself because it got so bad for him. But now he's fine and he's doing well and he's taking his proper medication and there's been no real relapse since and how Gina is so proud of him. But Shanice turns a little cold towards it and says that she has to go and do another meeting and instantly just walks out on Gina. So Gina obviously has to tell Rome what's gone on because his movie could now be in jeopardy because of everything that's going on here. Shanice walking out isn't a good sign and she feels worried that she may have ruined everything but eventually Shanice messages Rome and asks if he'll meet her and when Rome confesses about casting John and maybe now feeling like it wasn't the right time to tell this story, Shanice tells him we've all had struggles i had those struggles as well and i am happy to tell this story i've had bad times and i've had good times but the depressed times are the ones i want to tell people about right now and your story is going to help us all do that it's going to bring us together it's going to show that people aren't suffering alone and it's a beautiful thing so we are making this movie now again what i love about this series is just It's heartwarming. Every episode seems to continue the story, but wrap up exactly what happened in that episode. And I know that's how most TV works. They start off with a conflict, they seek out advice, and they find a resolution by the end. But there's always an underlying story of something going on. So it's not uncommon. But the way that they resolve things in this series is through love and friendship and care and talking to people. And it just makes message so much better It's ah, it's why i love this show so much it just shows what you can do with good people around you and i wish that the world was a bit more like that right now with everything that's going on but it is it's a great start obviously we've got eddie which is the underlying storyline like i've said where he's getting into this drug habit now that he's he's an obvious addict he's had problems in the past with alcohol and now he's just up in the game. You've got Gary trying to learn to be a father without actually being a father but it's like that old saying of your father is the person who raises you, he's not the person who gives birth to you or he's not the person who is donating sperm for you to be given birth to. So he's learning. I think Darcy's a nice little character to have bring in and I do enjoy her dynamic with the group and it seems like she's been there a long time now. Where it actually she's been in a couple of episodes back in the last season, beginning of this season. She's brand new, but she feels like she's been there a good long while now. Gina and Rome after the devastation of not being able to adopt that child from Eve have Sort of bounce back. Obviously, it took a road to get there, but they're getting there. They're talking to each other. They're showing that they care about each other and they're showing how much love there is. And not just from themselves, but around them. And it's such a sweet, sweet story. And then you've got Sophie, Danny, and Dee all doing their own thing right now. And I know what's coming, and it gets pretty fucking tasty in these next few episodes. And it is another one of those conflicts that don't get resolved in the episode. It's rough, but it's really, really good. It's a good story to tell. It's interesting. And especially with COVID being involved, it really makes things difficult. As much as having a plot device like COVID is hard because it actually happened, having it there as a plot device is also pretty good like a lot of shitty things happened during covid but this season being the way that it's structured i like it doesn't mean i like covid doesn't mean i like anything about being fucking locked down or any of that shit but this is a nice little plot device and it happened so close to when it happened that it really makes the series flow quite well even though the series is stunted by it it's brilliant and then as always i'm going to finish on maggie so she's got this London Maggie thing going on. She's now in England, which as I say, I'm English. So welcome to my country. Three, four years ago, Maggie. Um, But yeah, I like the fact that she's doing something different and that she's beginning to build something with the podcast, just like I am right now. I really enjoy it. So I really look forward to getting more into that with her. And of course, this budding friendship relationship with Jamie is going to be interesting as well so I think that's it for me today hope you're all doing well out there and I really hope that you enjoyed this episode going to be back next week it's going to be inside number nine series three episodes one to three and that's it from me today so thank you for listening bye Well, that's all for now, amigos! If you managed to make it to the end of my ramblings, thank you. And if you want to rate, share, subscribe, comment, it's all appreciated. Until next time.